This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You listening? Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Damn Podcast. I am your host, Angie Machado, publisher of Beaver Blitz, joined, as always, by with Jake Hedberg, our beat writer. Um, and this is, we're taping this July 11th, 2023, kind of the dog days of summer. Jake, first of all, why don't you just say hi and, and tell us what you've been up to this summer? Yeah, uh, so far this summer, I've just been working, counting down the days, uh, I head back down to Corvallis three weeks from today, actually, and fall camp starts on August uh, 3rd, so I'm super excited to get that rolling. Yes, fall camp. It'll be your first one. You excited? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm super stoked. Can't okay. wait. Fall camp is, seriously, I know you guys have heard me say it, it's my favorite time of the year. The warm mornings down in Corvallis, um, sunshine, there's so much anticipation. Um, I, not, not that anybody cares, but I just got back from vacation, so now I'm back, like, full time. I don't leave again until right before Labor Day when I take my oldest to college. So that's going to be a, a rough go. But kind of going forward, um, gosh, right before fall camp. So in two weeks, we are going to do kind of another position preview, real kind of the the giant preview of fall camp. And then you guys are going to start seeing Jake and I weekly um, throughout the season. So we're going to go weekly all through August and then also through uh, football season. So exciting times. I do, before I lose people here, um, I do want to let you know, I am still working on getting this on Spotify since I was out of the country for a couple weeks. Um, I didn't, and then our 24-7 guy who handles it was on is on paternity leave. A couple little scheduling quirks right now. I have, I'm working on getting us, getting us back on Spotify for those that listen to podcast only. It is coming, I promise, as is a new intro featuring Jake and not Carter. Certain things, housekeeping stuff, but that is what we're doing. But Jake, it has been a super, super busy June, um, kind of the end of the season with baseball wrapping up, but then really kick, just hitting the ground running in June with recruiting. You have been following it. Um, you've been talking to all the official visitors that have come mm-hmm. through Corvallis. What is the one thing or two things that has really stood out to you um, as far as what those players are saying about their visits? Yeah, Um Really, the one thing that is pretty consistent, or there's two things. The first thing that all players typically say is how much they love Jonathan Smith's staff. Uh, every I'm trying to think. I think every single player I've talked to, and there's been a lot of them, have said that uh, the coaching staff has just been fantastic. They love them. They love the, the way they coach the players, the way they treat the players, which really stands out. Uh, and the second thing is just Corvallis, really. Uh, you know, Corvallis is a smaller college town, and uh, certain athletes can get pushed away, for, can push, 
can be pushed away from that. But uh, the majority of the kids that I've talked to have really been talking about Corvallis and just how great a town it is. Yeah. And, and that's been universal, even if these young men don't choose Oregon State. Yeah. Um, and, and there's been some big official visitors coming through. Let's talk a little bit about the commitments we've seen, because mm -hmm. what do we have? Seven? Ten at the moment. Ten, well, yep. ten, but we've had seven in the last seven in the last weeks. month, six weeks. So mm -hmm. let's let's just run down the list. I have a list for us um, and talk about and, and this is in order based on when they committed. So um, we're going to start with the highest rated recruit to actually um, of, of the past six weeks. And he is just narrowly missed out by Logan Saldate. Saldate, um, who committed right at the end of May. But let's talk Malaki Durant, um, wide receiver out of Graham, Washington. Tell me, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, so uh, Durant's a taller, bigger body guy. He's 6'2", 160 pounds. It was a tougher recruitment to win. Uh, committed to us over Oregon, Washington, a few other Pac-12 programs. I really like the size Durant brings and the, the physicality. Uh, plays 7-on-7 seven seven for team FSP, uh, just Tracy Ford sports performance and Tracy Ford runs a great program up there. Uh, really excited about Durant. I think Durant uh, could be a guy that comes in and contributes as a freshman just based off his, his size uh, and, and strength for the receiver room. Yeah. Tall. And I, I know that a lot of Beaver fans out there are going to be excited to hear someone that's maybe not five, six, five, seven. So um, <laughs> bigger body guy. Um, the next commit the Beavs got was an offensive lineman, again, from the state of Washington. Oregon State really going up uh, north and uh, mm -hmm. taking some guys right from their from their backyard and from Washington's backyard. Dylan Sikorsky ranked as an 86. Um, tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, um, so I actually saw uh, Sikorsky at the Elite 11 Regional down in Eugene, uh, and he is a massive man. I mean, a 17-year-old kid that's 6'5", pushing 310 pounds. He's he's a big guy. Uh, not super highly recruited. I believe Oregon State was his only Power 5 offer. But they, but uh, I believe we offered him back in like September of last year. So we were really in on him early. He has a great relationship with Coach M and Coach Smith. And, I, uh, and any offensive lineman that Coach M wants, I want. So I think it was a solid pickup. Yeah, yeah, and and you you say that, but it's so true. I think out of anyone in this yeah. staff, I think the guys that Coach Mahalachek goes after are really he knows what he wants. I mean, I look at Josh Gray for example. I mean, that was yeah. a kid that you know I know some schools came in on him late, including Oregon, and tried to sway him. But Oregon State was in on him, and and they knew what they wanted there. Um, now here we're going to talk. Go to Tampa, Florida. That mm -hmm. that connection to uh, to Florida continues, especially with Coach Blue. And this is a young man, Andrew Brinson, who you've actually had a pretty good relationship with. Mm -hmm. A guy that's been committed quietly um, for for quite some time. Yeah. So uh, Brinson uh, has been committed actually since February. Just didn't announce till June. And he's been a great kid to talk to. Uh, super nice. Super respectful. Um, really good athlete too. Uh, he was being recruited by by lots of programs as a receiver, but he's coming to Oregon State as a corner. Uh, Wisconsin, Central Florida, NC State, and Purdue were some of the programs that were uh, pursuing him. And I think it's a big get to for Oregon State to get guys over teams that are top 25 caliber. And I think it's just a testament to the job that Jonathan Smith's done. 
especially coming clear across the country. I mean, this is yeah. coming from Washington state that kind of knows the, the area. Uh, mm-hmm. Another young man that we've, we've talked to, both of us have talked to quite a bit mm-hmm. over the past, gosh, probably five, six months. Yeah. I know a lot of people liked him as a, as a wide receiver. Oregon state is recruiting him as a defensive back and that's Exodus Ayers. may have the mm-hmm. name. I think he gets yeah. the name award this year, but I agree. Um, another I, I, originally from New Mexico um, by way now of a prep school in New Hampshire. Um, talk about why you're excited about him, because I think he can add a lot of versatility. Mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Uh, personally, this is my favorite commitment out of the seven guys. Uh, I love his film. Uh, 6'3", 175 corner had, I believe 12 interceptions a season ago, which is just astounding numbers. I think he's a guy who will come in physical and ready to play immediately. Not, sure he necessarily will just due to the fact that Oregon State's got some guys at that spot but this was a huge commitment uh Boston College was a program really pushing for him but I think Exodus is going to be a stud really excited about him yeah now as we're getting into July um I think this next commitment actually happened July 4th yep um we could go yeah we could go today um offensive tackle David Abajian I hope I'm saying his name right and I and I do correct Ron Ron pointed out that um, Durant is actually actually Malachi, and I pronounced it wrong, so I apologize. But um, David Abajian, offensive tackle out of West Hills, California. He's actually been – I mean, he's made a couple trips, like, pretty recently, and you actually ran into him on campus. Yeah. Um, so I saw him on campus during, like, a business group presentation a few weeks ago, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, I love this kit. Uh I think he's the best offensive lineman Oregon State's got so far. Uh, solid offer list, Nebraska, Cal, Arizona State, uh, Kansas. Really good get. And I think he's going to be a guy that Coach M turns into a starting caliber player. Yeah. Then they turned right after the 4th of July, ran. Um, and this one, I, I'm excited about this one because I, I think mm-hmm. it's great to keep that pipeline to Hawaii open. Um, and Punahou is one of the, the top programs in the state. And as a position of need, edge rush, Kekai Burnett. Yeah, um, I think this was yet again another huge win. Uh, Cal and Washington State were were really pushing pushing hard. Uh, I I believe Kike is coming to Oregon State as a defensive lineman. Uh, They are wanting Kike to woke up and play there instead of an outside backer spot. Uh, And I think he's a guy that could really break out with the solid senior season. Um, you know, he did a really good job at the Under Armour uh, ESPN 300 camp uh, last weekend or two weekends ago. And I think Oregon State got a steal here. Do you see him kind of in a, a Lolo Hea role? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I think the coaching staff wants him to push up to 260, 270. Uh, I think he's at like 230 right now. So a redshirt year a year in the weight room and I could see him taking over that spot for sure. And then last but not least, and this is another one that you and I have both spoken with several times. Mm-hmm. Um, just happened Saturday and I did watch his Instagram. Did you watch his Instagram? And he, and he committed to university of Oregon. My kids are in the backseat, uh-huh. like freaking out, but he had all the beaver gears. So ran, running back Brandon Tolis gives Oregon state their second running back commit uh-huh. for 2024 out of the state of Texas. What do you think of Brandon? Yeah. Uh, great kid i mean he's a great kid to talk to um this is a guy the coaching staff identified early and they wanted him uh didn't have the best production but i think he's a guy that could blow up have a really good senior a really good senior season he 
was another guy with multiple power five offers, uh, big conference teams pushing for him. And he, he committed to Oregon State, even though we already had uh, a running back. So I think we have two solid backs. And Texas backs have been kind to Oregon State with uh, Jaquiz Rogers, Storm Woods, Dame. Who knows? It's, uh, it's exciting. And I, and I think you brought up a really good point that I wanted to touch on with recruiting, because I know it's been talked about in the lodge a lot. Um, you know, he told us, for example, didn't have huge numbers, but this mm-hmm. is, this is an A-list guy. And if you guys have been around Beaver Blitz for a while, you know, I talk about A-list recruits and um, kind of who's the B-list. And these, these guys are all A-list guys that were identified um, a long time ago. Yeah. And for whatever reason, right. I mean, the coaching staff saw something, these are the guys they, they went after, Another thing I've, I've noticed this year, coming off a 10-win season, Oregon State is really trying to push and make a play for some of the more highly rated uh, or highly recruited players. When that happens, and, and we've had a lot of discussions about Oregon State missing out on quarterbacks that they've mm-hmm. committed or recruited, um, but when you're going after the guys that everybody's going after, it's going to make it it's going to make it tougher, and, and Oregon State's going to be in a dogfight for, for some of these guys. Um I think I'd rather, I don't think, I know I would rather have it that way um, than yeah. kind of going after low hanging fruit. So Oregon State is definitely trying to elevate the recruiting. Um, and I, I, what do you think, you know, overall thoughts about where they stand right now with the 10 guys they do have committed? Yeah, um, I think it's a pretty solid class so far. I mean, they're a little heavy on offense, which means I would think the rest of this class, or I feel like there's guys on the, the defense that they're still pushing for predominantly uh there's still a quarterback that they need to pick up uh which is kind of a question mark right now just because i'm not sure anyone wants to come sit for three years so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the class shakes up yeah so right now we, we are sitting at two running backs two offensive linemen uh seven overall offensive commits three defensive commits the class is ranked 63rd nationally which isn't too far off kind of where they finish. Oregon State's kind of mm-hmm. in that, you know, yeah. high 50, high 40s, low or mid 50s. Um, you mentioned quarterback. Yes, Oregon State has had a couple swings and misses here with quarterbacks going elsewhere. I, I agree. I think there's a there's maybe a concern with some of these younger guys coming in and seeing how good Aiden Childs looks. Mm-hmm. However, any place these young men choose there's going to be competition so um yeah. i actually expect oregon state to stay after these guys um ej kamenong um demarcus demarcus davis um these guys are gonna still get some attention from oregon state they're not they're not done recruiting them yet so um keep an eye on those guys and then i think the beeves will start watching some more film kind of as the senior season goes on with some but remember i i know a lot of people were wringing their hands last year in the lodge when um Dorman, four-star kid committed to Arizona. Oregon State goes after a young man by the name of Aiden Childs, who at the time was a, a pretty low, low three-star. Three. Yeah. And people were a little bit <laughs> uh, in panic mode right there. So just remember, got a whole senior out. season and it will work out. And we'll get to Aiden Childs here in a little bit because I know there's a lot of questions about him. Mm-hmm. Um, changing gears a little bit because I, I want to talk about some of the late additions to 2023 that have already Inter, you know, arrived on campus and kind of just remind folks, because I think there's, there's some guys, in fact, I had to add one that I forgot after I sent you this, I had two guys, I yeah. a third. Um, so let's talk, um, these were all trained and actually a new walk-on came on that we can talk about a little bit too, but yeah. um, mm-hmm. these, these guys are, um, are in the system. Actually, I added, you added two because I just see another one that you added. So um, a couple wide receivers, Jemai East and Jalen Holmes, 
linebacker Calvin Hart and defensive back Drake Vickers. All are yep. on the roster, have all transferred. Um, what are your thoughts? Who do you who do you see out of that group that maybe is is making a play here come come August? Yeah, um, I think uh, Calvin Hart and Jemiah East are both two of the guys that are more likely to uh, see, see consistent action. Uh, Jemiah is the biggest receiver in that room. Uh, I also really liked his film. Uh, College of San, San Mateo has been really kind to Oregon State, and I think with Jemiah there could be another guy that uh, steps up and contributes immediately. Uh, 6'2", 215-pound kid. I could definitely see him in a uh, – I, I think I, I think I'll see him in the second-string group. Uh, and then Calvin Hart's a guy that has proven at the Power 5 level he could push for uh, the second starting spot at backer. And if if he doesn't start, I think he'll be in the rotation at the very least. Yeah, Kemp, he came from Illinois, correct? Mm-hmm. First so, NC State, then Illinois. Okay, so a couple transfers there, but a chance for him – to really, yeah, Oregon State really needs someone to, to step up and, and help Easton Mascarenas on the, on the other side. So definitely one to watch there. Um, which position groups, when we when we hit fall camp, this is going to be kind of a 10,000-foot level because in, in two weeks we're going to really dive into these groups. Mm-hmm. But what position groups do you think will look the most different this August compared to last December when we left yeah. uh, Las Vegas? Well, the first one that comes to mind is obviously quarterback. Uh, D, uh, I mean, DJ and Childs are two guys that really just transform a room from mediocre to a room that has the potential to be arguably the second best in the conference. Uh, I think that'll be real interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, defensive backs, another one. I mean, uh, Jaden Grant's gone. Alex Austin's gone. Rajon Wright's gone. Uh, Skylar Thomas is now gone the rest of the of the season so i feel like it's a that's a spot where three new starters are gonna have to step up and you'll see lots of new faces or now like familiar names and bigger roles and then i think receivers also uh another spot with uh treshawn's graduation tyjohn's graduation uh john dunmore's uh transferred out so outside of um anthony gould silas bolden josiah there's guys that'll be stepping up that you haven't really seen as much or heard as much of. But exciting. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I think DBs is the one that I have maybe the most questions heading into. Yeah. Um, but I also, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, Jaden Robinson, for example, and, and see what yeah. he does just because he was so poised before he had that shoulder injury. Uh, and then the last couple games of the season, he really graded out pretty mm-hmm. high. Um, yeah, he also, did great seeing Alton Julian hopefully back in the mix at safety, another, you know, another, another guy who was right there in the, you know, making huge plays before that knee injury and then kind of the setback with the knee injury. So some excitement there. Taking that excitement out of the next step, let's take a peek, just kind of a, again, another, somebody asked if I was in a she cave. No, this is a sweet little uh, background, Roger, that I found because I didn't think you guys wanted to see my ugly essential oil. My office is going to go through an overhaul at some point. That's the plan. Um, Okay. So let's look at this a way too early. Look at our schedule at at the schedule coming forward. Oregon state starts on the road this year um, against a a pretty, I I don't want to think anybody think that they're easy here. Uh, San Jose state Mm -hmm. fun game, just because of all the beaver ties there. Um, Brent Brennan, obviously is the head coach. Kevin McGiven is there. Um, gosh, Jim Samalu. Samalu is there. I mean, they have a, a lot of a connections to Oregon State. Yeah. Um, to the Glad fact that I've kept out. in touch with with a lot of those guys and their wives, and it, it's fun to kind of touch base. And they'll 
always tell me they're watching Oregon State and cheering. So that'll be a fun game on the mm. road, though, to open the season before coming home to two two games at home in the newly uh, reopened Reeser with UC Davis, San Diego State. Walk me through your thoughts on this preseason schedule. Yeah, um, I actually think San Jose State's probably the toughest out of these three. I know a lot of people think that based off prior years, San Diego State will be the toughest, but I could see the uh, the San Jose State passing attack causing some trouble for a relatively inexperienced Oregon State secondary. Uh, their quarterback, Chevin Cordero, uh, he was at Hawaii for three years, went to San Jose State last year, and he had a solid year. Uh, they like to throw the ball around. Um, I think they have a really solid offense. Uh, I do think Oregon State will win just because their offense and defense should be enough to overcome that pass that pass attack. Um, UC Davis, I think fans should be excited about that game due to the high likelihood of seeing a certain freshman quarterback get some reps. And then San Diego State's a solid program. Uh, Brady Hoke uh, is a great coach. Um, I think that game will be interesting just – because it's a more physical game, uh, Oregon State's first two games will be m- more like not higher level players, whereas San Diego State's a darn good uh, group of five team that could very well be a power five program. So I think that could be a very interesting game to watch. So after that, so two home games, Oregon State hits the road, head to the Palouse. And I am mm-hmm. thankful that Oregon State plays them in, in uh, September and not November. Um I really don't know what to expect about the from the Cougs this year. What are what are your thoughts on the Cougs just early as you kind of started diving into to looking at these teams? Yeah, um, I think they'll be a bowl team. I think they'll be six to six to eight and four. Uh, solid team. Uh, Cam Ward's back. He's a pretty decent quarterback. Uh, their receiver rooms completely rehauled. They have three new receivers. Um, most of them are Mountain West transfers, I believe. Kyle Williams is one from UNLV. Um, I think this is a trap game, to be honest. I think this is a game where Oregon State could be caught peeking ahead to the next Friday game against uh, Utah. So I could see this game being being dangerous, to be honest. And, and you mentioned that. So the next week, this game I have circled because I think this game mm-hmm. is going to be electric. Friday night yeah. game, students back in. Um, mm-hmm. Is this the Friday before school starts? Uh, or is this the first Friday, Friday of school classes? starts? Okay. First so, Friday of classes. Students yeah. are going to be rowdy. Yeah. Uh, fans are going to be um, jacked for this one. Utah comes to town. Always a super physical game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know no, not, a lot of people aren't talking Utah kind of at the top, but I, I just think Kyle Whittingham's teams are always tough. They're yeah. physical and very well coached. So um, I think personally, I think this game, win this game and Oregon State catapults itself to some really pretty good conversations yeah, lose this game. It's a it's a little bit of a, a toast up. What what are your thoughts about Utah coming to Corvallis? Yeah, well, the students are already ready. They cannot <laughs> wait. Uh, this game, I think, is going to have the best atmosphere of any home game this year. It's going to be a Friday night primetime game on Fox Sports One. Uh, students are going to be electric, tailgating all day. I'm super excited. Uh, I think this is going to be the game that makes or breaks this Oregon State season. Uh, a win will catapult them, which is exactly what 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 you said. I think it could push them into a top 10, top 5 type team, uh, whereas a loss might be a little disappointing. But I still think with the loss, they could compete for a 10-win 10 10 win year. Okay. 
Okay. See, we're going to have some fun here as we get down here. So, um, so after Utah, it's um, Cal on the road. Mm-hmm. Cal, I, Cal's just yeah. struggling. I, that's always, you know, road games are always tough, right? I mean, anytime you're on the road in the Pac-12, it's, it's never an easy, easy game. But um, I like that Oregon State's at Cal. Next week, home versus UCLA, which mm-hmm. is... What, what are your thoughts on UCLA? Because that was another one. As I did the Pac-12 yeah. media poll, I was really kind of – I didn't really know where to put them. I think it's a team that could finish as high as two or three in the conference or could also finish as low as seven or eight. Uh, this team, for me, was kind of, is kind of the hardest to get a feel of. Uh, I think a lot of it comes down to the quarterback position. Uh, Dante Moore is obviously a highly ranked kid. Uh, flipped to UCLA from U of O late in the process. He's competing with Colin Schiele, who's a Kent State transfer, and uh, Ethan Garbers, who is a pr- another pretty highly ranked kid. Uh, I think if Moore wins that job and is able to li- like live up to that five-star uh, ranking as a freshman, then they could really surprise. I just my feeling is since Chip left Oregon, I just haven't felt that he has gotten everything out of his players. That's yeah, I I kind of feel like teams have kind of caught up to that system now that it's more yeah. widespread and run throughout the country. So we're going to say it gets their bye. Good place for a bye. What do you think? Kind of, I mean, right yeah. there, kind of middle of the season. Um, six games in. I think six it's Six games in. Seven games. Excuse seven me. games, yeah. And then, yeah. then they go on the road to Arizona. I actually just mm-hmm. booked my tickets to this one. I'm heading down to oh, Tucson for this one. game. Um, this one could be tough, too. Maybe yeah. not as tough as Utah, but a road game at Arizona. What are your thoughts on that one? I think Arizona could be a surprise program this year. I mean, th- their offense and their skill, pos- skill spots are absolutely dynamic. Uh, Jaden Delora has given Oregon State some trouble in the past at Washington State. Uh, he's 2-0 and against us. Uh, they have two really good receivers, Jacob Cowing and a, I believe it's Teatora McMillan. Not sure how you say it. Yeah. But they have – they have arguably the best receiving duo in the Pac-12 uh, outside of Washington, and I think they could be in for a real breakout year. Coached by, just so you guys know, coached by Red former Fish. Oregon um, Oregon State wide receiver Kevin Cummings. He's in charge of the, yes. the receivers down there. So um, that we're heading to that one on the road. Then the Beavs immediately turn around <laughs> and go on the road to Colorado. And um, mm-hmm. Well, Coach Prime, I think, is going to do some things there. I don't I don't see this one as too dangerous. What are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, I'm not really buying the whole Coach Prime hype. Uh, I think this Colorado program will struggle year one just due to their really lack of depth. I mean, they've got guys, Travis Hunter, Cormani McLean, that are guys that will be able to compete. But I think this Colorado team will struggle. I have them at the bottom of the Pac-12 with Stanford. Uh, I think Dion could get it done, but for people to come saying they'll be out there competing for a Rose Bowl spot in year one is a little too much. I believe. Yeah. The, the only issue I see with Colorado at Colorado, which is a fun game too. If you guys have never mm. been to Boulder, it's a fun one, but um, it's just the altitude and it, it does yeah. mess with you a little bit. So um, it's, it's, I don't think it's Denver high. I don't think it's mile high, but it's not too it's far. It's still up there. Yeah, yeah. It's still up there. Um, so kind of a nice little break there. After Arizona, Oregon State has Colorado on the road, Stanford at home, which new coaching staff, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, they don't scare me. And then they finish, Oregon State finishes with mm-hmm. the Huskies at home and Oregon on the road. 
Yeah, I think those are two of their three toughest games. Um, Washington and Oregon are both going to be both going to be really tough. They have two of the top five quarterbacks in Phoenix and 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 Knicks. Um, I think either one of those games. I think right now they're fifty fifty. I think either team could pull out a victory. And for both these, for all three of these teams, really, it, these games could be defining a spot in the Pac twelve championship. I mean, okay, which so is really quite crazy to say. Do you, do you like the fact that they're at the end of the season for Oregon State back to back? I do. I personally do, just because I feel like teams are usually playing their best football at the end of this at the end of the year, and I think it gives the Oregon State secondary time to really come together, uh, or really just the defense as a whole. I mean, it puts with with losses, it gives them time to gel, uh, it, it gain experience for their probably the two best offenses they'll face all season. So, so playing sports, you, you've played sports that emotional, like, like that, I, you know, you know, they're going to be up for both those games. Is that hard mm. to keep that level of emotion for the whole two weeks? Or do you think that's something that, that they'll just feed on going into those two games? Um, I think sometimes it can be a little difficult, uh, but I think due to the fact that they'll be playing Oregon right after Washington, I don't think they'll have any trouble keeping their uh, emotion, any, higher than it or excuse me their motion any lower than it needs to be i think they'll be ready to go okay well we're going to take a quick break um for our sponsors to uh have a have a um we'll, we'll stay with you live but have a little break here and then we're going to come back we're going to talk pack 12 title game early thoughts and then mailbag we have a lot of great mailbag if you have if you're watching live and have a question for us pop it in the comments and we will make sure to uh, try to answer that as well Okay, we are back. Jake, you ready to talk Pac-12 title? I know it's so early. Yeah, I'm ready. Let's but I it. think we need to talk about it because mm-hmm. I made my vote. I vote in the media poll, the Pac-12 media poll. And I put it. I put my vote, my top six teams in the lodge. And I think top six was the toughest when you actually to get in there. So do you want to give me who you have playing in the Pac-12 title game? Or do you want to yeah. go through? Let's, tell me who you have playing in it. Sure. Uh, I have... USC, I just think that offense is going to be the best in the country, arguably. Um, explosive team, firepower at all skill spots. Uh, their big question will be whether or not that defense can improve. It'll be interesting to see how that progresses throughout the season. And then the second spot, for me, it came down to three teams, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington. And it was tough for me, but I uh, I ended up going with Utah just to the fact that I think with Cam Rising – they're a more certainty uh, at the quarterback spot, whereas with the Oregon State program, with DJ, who knows if he can perform to his five-star five-star billing. But I do think if he can perform at a high level, I think Oregon State could be right up there. I, you know what? Okay, so I'll, I'll give you my two teams. I have USC as well because I think – I just think they're the cream of the crop right now for yeah. the Pac-12. They've they've turned that corner. They've recruited at a, recruited at a high level. They – have gone to the portal at a very high level. Mm-hmm. I think they're well coached, which has kind of been a struggle that they've had the past yeah. several years before <laughs> before Lincoln Maybe. Riley came in. So I just think I see them as the top at the top of the conference. Like you, I had three teams there right battling. I had Utah, Oregon State, and Washington. I think there's an argument to be made that Washington is is there. Um, Utah, yeah. I, I still have a couple question marks with Utah um, whether they should be there or not um, in that top billing. But I went. And I'm not trying to sound like a homework because you guys know that I'm pretty 
non-orange color glasses, but I went Oregon State playing in the title game. Now, a lot of things have to go well for Oregon State, but I think um, last year they were so close. If the if they had better quarterback play, yeah. they would have been there. So would have been there. Um, but then there's some questions with DBs. I, I, I think at the, at the end of the day, I love Oregon State's offensive line. I think the defensive line has taken huge strides forward, and I think that's going to be – the catalyst, you know, I, I think it's going to be a big tiebreaker here where it's going to be who, yeah. be, who, be who. Um, so I, I do, I think Oregon state's going to come in there maybe with a couple of tiebreakers, but I think if they have beaten Washington down the stretch, I think Oregon state gets the nod. That's where I'm at right now. I, um, and I know we have some questions about um, season, but I haven't been this excited for an Oregon state season since what was the Alamo bowl year? Was that 2012? Uh, 2012 was that yeah. season. So um, there's a lot of quiet buzz right now in Corvallis. Nobody's talking too much about big things, but there's a quiet confidence down there. And uh, yeah. I, I'm excited. Like I said, a lot of things have to go right. Injuries have to stay injury free and you have to have the ball bounce your way a few times. But I, I think this could be a really, really special year for the Beavs. Yeah, I agree. There, I said it. I said it out loud. Like... <laughs> And there's going to be people think I jinx them, but okay. We are going mailbag and we have some good ones and it's going to be all over the board, Jake. Um, I know you took a peek at it. Um, I'm just pulling it yeah. up here. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about this. Cause there's some, like I said, there's some good ones. I I've looked through them all, but I'm kind of just going to grab some as I go here. Um, first one, 87 J round asks if there are any commitments expected in the next few days. What are the positions in need? And then update on injuries. Injuries, we're going to wait until we have time to talk with Coach Smith and the staff. That usually mm -hmm. happens here a day or two before fall camp starts. So we will have a full injury report then um, when Coach Smith meets the media. Um, don't want to speculate right now because the guys have just been working out um, on their own. But commitments, expect it. There is one coming in the next, I would say, week. Give it a week. Yeah. You have, you have any more? Uh, I believe there are a few. I have three, I believe, are going to be coming in the next couple weeks. Okay. Uh, there are three silence that I know of. Um, just not sure when they're all going to announce. Okay, this is a good point, too, because I know we're going to get this question. People are going to be like, "Why? what's the thing about silent commits? Mm -hmm. Guys commit to the program. They want they want time to tell other coaches. They want time to you know let other coaches you know, the coaches that were recruiting them know, but a lot of these young men have special days that they just want it to happen mm -hmm. on, whether it's the 4th of July or grandpa's yep. birthday or their birthday. Anniversary. Yep. Yes. So you just let them do it. And um, we, we always honor that at Beaver Blitz. So there's that. I know that question comes up all the time, Jake. And yep. sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, it, and sometimes <laughs> you hear it's going to happen on a certain day and I'll put a little teaser out and then, the kid changes his mind, not changes his mind about Oregon State, but he changes his mind about what day he's going to do it. So I'm left with a story ready to go. Jake and I are like in communication, like, can you post this? I'm out of town, you know, so yeah, <laughs> it works out. Um, go Beavs 2 ask, will Hatton, Reddicks, and Card all be available come August? Yeah. Uh, kind of injury related. Yeah. I, but, I would expect Card for sure. Uh, not too certain about Hatton and Reddicks. I'm assuming we'll find out more in the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Baseball question from Reese or Beef. He has a he has a couple here, but uh, let's let's just see here. What does OSU need to add, if anything, 
to have a legit chance at Omaha next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I already think they have a legitimate chance. I mean, the MLB draft went about as best as it could go for Oregon State. Uh, Trent Caraway, uh, he's going to be a stud. Like for people that don't really follow baseball recruiting or like the MLB draft, uh, the amount of hype that Gavin Turley had last year coming into his freshman year, Caraway is that same kind of prospect. He's a guy that could have been a first round draft pick easily. And it's absolutely huge. I think he'll be a day one starter at either third base or, or shortstop. That was a huge win. Brady Casper's back, I'm assuming, with Micah, with Micah McDowell. None of them were drafted. So that gives Oregon State their whole outfield back from a season ago to go with Travis Bazana and Gavin Turley. Uh, I think the one thing that could be added is a starting pitcher. Um, really question marks about that. They haven't really had a dominant guy since since Jerby left. Granted, that was only two seasons ago. Um, I do think the staff will be improved. A lot of their guys that were contributors were freshmen. So I think a year for guys like Nelson Keljo could pay huge dividends this upcoming spring. Absolutely. I, I think this, I, I, we, and we talked about this before the season, just how young this team was. Um, yeah. Um, I even questioned whether they, whether they would make the regional and not only did they make regional, mm -hmm. I mean, they had to go against they the LSU. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had to play LSU which had the top two draft picks. So, yeah. and won the, in the college world series. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, back to, oh, go ahead. Uh, I, I know it's a little early. I mean, it's just July, but I think if this team gets a few of the transfers they're pursuing, I know it may sound kind of crazy based off the 2022 uh, team's success, but I think this team could be coach Canham's best. Okay. I really do. Getting bold. Kind of like me. Yeah. We're, we're, it's a bold one today. Maybe I'll change yeah. the name of the pod. Um, okay, Reese Beave has a couple other questions. Who will be the surprise breakout star um, for OSU this fall? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I've actually got uh, two articles coming out tomorrow and Thursday are the five breakout candidates on offense and defense. So that kind of will, will, okay. will give a host of names. But uh, a defensive guy I really like is Takari Hickel. Okay. Uh, and then – I think a guy who's going to have a huge season, I think he'll be an all-conference guy, is um, Easton Mascarenas. I yeah. think he's going to have a massive season. I, I a thousand percent agree with that one. I, I thought it was going to be last year, but um, I think we we saw Kyrie Fisher kind of maybe do a little better mm -hmm. than we, we thought he might. Um, I'm going to go with Card. That's going to be my freshman breakout yeah. because I just Card think too. Um, he's he's got some got some stuff to his game. Some game-breaking speed. Yes. Um, okay. Bucket list vacation spot. Oh, we're going all over the place today. Oof. We're going to Hawaii be, here pretty soon. Mine's got to be the Maldives. Uh, oh, we do. Yeah, that's got to be the top one. I mean, I'm I'm like more of a beach laid back vacation kind of person, and that's at the top of the list for sure. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I grew up surfing in Oregon, so I always I daydreamed and doodled palm trees and waves on all my books and <laughs> Um, like Hawaii. And um, I did just get back from Europe and Reese Rebeef wanted to know, I loved Mallorca. Um, so that's an island in the Mediterranean. Um, it's a Spanish island. So that was a blast. I loved everything about that. But um, Bali and the Maldives are both high on my list. There's a little island in Fiji called Tavarua. And I always wanted to go to Tavarua um, to surf, surf break there. Um, Chopu in Tahiti would be one. I don't know. There's a lot of places. I but my bucket list is kind of all out in the Pacific and Indian Ocean, yep. Reunion Islands, Canary Islands, 
you name it. But um, I'm a beach girl too. And then another kind of fun one from Reese Beef, and then we'll move on, is what coach from our past would have benefited the most by a completed stadium? That's a tough one. I mean, I haven't been around for a whole lot of coaches. Uh, I've only had four in my lifetime, or three, I guess. I wasn't alive for Coach Erickson. Um, oh, you missed out on a gem. Yeah, I know. I missed out on a good season. Um, I'm going to go – I honestly don't even know. I'm gonna, I'm just going to say Riley just because I feel like he did a good job uh, doing a lot with talent that wasn't necessarily the best. So I think with a better stadium could lead to better players looking at Corvallis and better things happening. Yeah, I think I, – I mean, God, I go back – you know, so I was a student during Pettibone, and – I don't think Coach Bone was that bad of a coach. I, I and I think he could have benefited greatly from just a little more um, athletic and, and university um, support resources. It, it came after it came after him with with Paul Risser, and that's kind of, that's where the turnaround really started with Riley one, and then um, Dennis, and then Riley two. So I'm going to go with Pettibone. Pettibone, you know, he had to deal with the old berm and the no indoor facility and. Like he had some good players too. When you when you look back at some of the players that that Coach Pettibone had, um, Tim Alexander, Tim Alexander, mm -hmm. Reggie Tung, Ezra Tuolo, um, I'm dating myself now, but <laughs> all even though we were had crappy seasons, those guys were really really good. So um, that's where I'm going there. Okay, we are moving on. Reese Beef, thank you so much for some good questions. O State thirty. Pac-12 trending team, who do you see going up the most and down the most based off where they finished the Pac-12 last year? My trending team up is definitely Arizona. Um, I mean, their offense, I said this, uh, they're explosive, one of the best in the conference. Uh, their defense is a little questionable, uh, not very experienced depth issues. But I think if they score enough points, they could, they could win eight games this year. And then on – the downhill, I really don't see a lot of teams regressing too much. Uh, Cal is kind of one that comes to mind. Don't remember exactly what their record was last year, but I just don't think they're going to be that good. Um, quarterback plays, question mark. None of their guys are really experienced, uh, but Sam Jackson and Ben Finley. Um, yeah, it's just a real question mark is Cal. I, yeah, I have to – I mean, those are both. I, yeah, I do think Arizona – I actually have Oregon regressing a little bit. Um I think their defense and the offensive line is going to be worse than last year. Yeah, and and my my thing with Oregon is, um, and you know, like I didn't have them in my top four. I think I have them then at five. My thing with Oregon is, I think they're getting a ton of talent, but I'm not sold on on landing, on landing and what kind of coaching, yeah. coaching and culture that he's building I mean, there. So I, I think that yeah. can go so far, and we're seeing so many transfers in and out. Mm -hmm. I'm anxious to see what he can do coaching and culture-wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of been the trend of their coaches ever since Chip left with Taggart, uh, Cristobal, and then just guys that – coaches that can really just recruit the breaks off but can't – but we haven't really necessarily seen Landing develop his guys. Now, if they do develop him, I think Oregon's roster is talented enough where they could make a push for the Pac-12 championship easily. Uh, I still think they'll be worst case seven and five, eight and four. Yeah. Um, I think it'll but be to, another. But to Duck fans, that's that's bad. Yeah, true. Um, 
Nick Volker agrees with you. Oregon down the most. Lanning ain't the guy. Arizona up the most. The wheels were spinning up last year. I I do think Arizona is is kind of program good. on the rise. Yeah. Um, o State thirty also asks one offense and one defense. Um, who is the J- a transfer JC kid that will make the biggest impact? Sees the sees the field or plays the most. Yeah, um, defense. I'm going Tyrese. Ivy, he's a bigger corner, 6'3". Kind of physicality-wise, reminds me of a Richard Sherman-type player, just long, lanky, physical. Uh, I think he's going to be a starter for sure. And then offense, it's kind of hard to go anywhere other than DJ just because of the name, the the brand, and just how – what a player of his caliber really means to this Oregon State program. I agree. I mean, and and Tyrese Ivy, what we saw from him – during mm-hmm. spring ball. I mean, he had just really arrived. Good. Sometimes DBs take a while, you know, a year or two, but he really flashed early, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, dad of two beeves has a couple here. Who will we get to replace Forrester in baseball? Yeah. Um, in my mind, there's really two guys that kind of step up uh, as the first to come to mind. The first one is if Oregon state gets the guys they're going after in the transfer portal that could allow um, mm, Mason Guerra to shift over to first from a third uh, left field spot. And I think if that does happen and Oregon State gets the guys that they get, then this offense is going to be deadly one through nine. And then if not, I think they're in good hands with their other guy, which is um, Jacob Craig, who he had a really good year. Uh, Hit 333 with the homer, 11 RBI, uh, was a little banged up, so didn't play as much as the staff wanted him to. Um, But I think – even if Guerra stays at third base or left field, I think Craig's a guy that can really help contribute for sure. Um, I, I actually agree with you there. Who will be the top receiver this year? We'll, we'll kind of go some some quick hitters right mm. now. I'm going to go with Silas. I think Silas Bolden's okay. in for a monster year. Okay. How much longer can we keep Coach Smith and his staff together? I don't see Coach Smith really leaving anytime soon. Uh, I The one called job I think, Think I thought he would maybe consider leaving for is USC, but I don't see that opening anytime soon. And it already was open, and he stayed at Oregon State. Uh, the NFL could come calling. I don't know whether he would go uh, if that would happen, but I think he's. I think Coach Smith is in it for the, the long haul. Uh, Trent Bray too, I think, is also a guy that's going to stay in Corvallis. I I don't think he has any aspirations at the moment to be a head coach anytime soon. I feel like he wants to kind of enjoy his time in Corvallis and maybe build build for a job down the road, kind of like what Brent Venables did under under Dabo Sweeney almost, just stay and find the right job. And Mike, Mikey is keeping Coach Mahalachek. Coach M. Yep, that's another one too. So those those I think you keep those three. Um, some of the other position coaches you're going to see – kind of come and go as what happens when you get some of those young guys. But mm-hmm. I think keeping Bray, at least for a few more years, um, Lindgren doesn't, I, I think Lindgren's here too, but I, that one doesn't worry as worry me as much just because you have coach Smith at the helm yeah. at, at head coach. So I think he'd be able to find someone should Lindgren want to want to move. Okay. Here's one for you. Cause I don't know this because it's been so long. And so you have to name the spot and then maybe we go there to do our work one day after mm-hmm. fall camp, who makes the best taco in Corvallis? Ooh, my favorite taco spot in Corvallis is Taco Taco Vino. Uh, oh, I, I don't have remember. been there. Yeah, it's super good. Okay. Uh, I okay. don't remember what street they're on, but it's pretty, pretty, pretty good tacos. Okay. 
true. Maybe you've heard of this, Jake. I haven't. True or false. Elwood Beaver says true or false. Rumors are that there will be an open house tour of the new set of Reeser on August 19th. If so, will this be open to the public or just media and VIPs? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the first I've really heard of that. Uh, I wouldn't be opposed to it, so I hope it's true just because I... I'm actually thinking, you know what I'm thinking. Check it out. That might I'm be the thinking, open scrimmage. It might be an open scrimmage, but I'm guessing it could be for the 50-yard line dinner. That would be more for the big boosters. We'll keep you posted, though. Yeah. We, will, we will put our feelers out on that one. Um, Cal 25, a um, couple questions for you here. A couple we've already um, answered, but if you're picking expansion schools for Pac-12, who are you picking? Uh, I think San Diego State's probably the most likely. And then three other programs really come to mind. The one I really want is Boise State. Don't really know how likely really? that is. Yeah, I mean, I just really like that program. I feel like it's a good football program, great basketball program, and they could really help out the conference compete at a national level. But then the more likely to uh, to go with to go with um, the San Diego State would be Southern Methodist. I think that SMU is probably really likely just to dive and get that uh, Texas TV market. And then UNLV is the other one, which is kind of one that I would like just because I feel like it'd be cool to travel to Vegas and cover sports games. <laughs> you can you can take my spot in Vegas because <laughs> Vegas is too expensive. I did have fun though for the Vegas Bowl. That was fun. Um, who is okay? So we've kind of the breakout player of the year. Do you have one overall? Not mm. receiver. Not just overall. Who's gonna? Go with DJ Silas Bolden, Cybo. Okay, yeah, I'm on with Silas. I just it, Silas had a really good spring camp, he really came on strong at the end of last season. I feel like the, the Florida game was kind of a sneak peek at what he can do in a full time role. And with a quarterback that can really push the ball downfield, I feel like the speed of Silas could make a big difference. Okay, what in blue hell OSU asked would like your take on the QB position so far this cycle. I'm guessing recruiting. Yeah. We kind of, we kind of touched on that a little yeah. bit in that Oregon State has gone after some pretty big names. Marcus um, EJ. Yeah. Um, what are, I mean, what are you, what's your take? Are they yeah, striking I mean, out or do you think they still have a shot? Like, okay, let's just, let's just play pretend here. Let's say Oregon State goes 11 and, and one. Yeah. Does I think the board I think it does specifically. I feel like the guy you got to keep an eye on is Kamenog, Um, just due to the fact that I really don't know how much longer Justin Wilcox will be at Cal. I feel like this very well could be his last season if they don't make a bowl game. And I feel like if Oregon State does have that great season, they show a, a success in the passing game. Kamenog could be pushed to come to Oregon State, red shirt, sit behind Childs, learn. I feel like he could have a uh, – I feel like he could be a guy to still keep an eye on. I, that did that one surprise you at all? That he committed yeah, to Cal? It did. Uh, I know he's got a lot of family there. It was just, which makes sense from, from like a, uh, like a mental standpoint. But f- but from like a football standpoint, it was a little interesting to me. Uh, I know their their new offensive coordinator, uh, Jake Spavito, likes to throw the ball around, whereas Oregon State doesn't as much. So that was kind of maybe a factor for him. But for someone that wants to – if someone wants to compete for a Pac-12 championship, I just don't see Cal doing that anytime in the next 
two to three seasons. Yeah, that one that one surprised me a little bit, just because. Um, yeah, go from Washington mm-hmm. to checking Oregon State, then to Cal. Anyway, okay, Mr. G. Gray, our resident favorite USC Trojan <laughs> fan, who's also a Beaver <laughs> fan. This is this one. Okay, I'm anxious to see what you say because I had a very when I read it in my I I said out loud. I said my answer out loud. I was like laughing. I'm like this is like this is like a no brainer. You might have a different thought than me. Which former Beaver would you rather have on the 2023 roster right now, Isaiah Hodgins or Stephen Paya? Uh, I'm going with Isaiah Hodgins. See, um, I, no, I said yeah. Paya. Really? Isaiah Hodgins, in my opinion, was a a good receiver on a crappy team, but he wasn't great. Stephen yeah. Paya was a great D tackle that would see. Really, for me, really it just comes down. But I I think Paya is a better player, and I think. I just think with Oregon State's defensive line room compared to their receiver room, I feel like Hodgins would help this team. I feel like Oregon State's got guys on the defensive line, whereas the receiver outside of Anthony Gould and Silas, it's kind of questionable. Where if they had that third, the third receiver of like Isaiah Hodgins caliber, I feel like him with DJ could be special. Yeah, I, I, there are so. I mean, nothing against Isaiah, but if I was going to be picking receivers, former Beavers, it would be. Cooks. It would be Cooks or Strotter or James Rogers or Wheaton, Wheaton or Hass. Hass. I, I mean, I could I could name fifty seven before I named Hodge. I mean, like I said, and and part of that's probably not fair to, to Isaiah because he did play on some, like I said, pretty crappy teams. But I think Stephen Pia would be a huge difference maker, like huge, yeah, and maybe true. free up some guys in the pass rush. I don't know. That is me. Always stick with the line. I always stick with the line. <laughs> that. And, and I think, I don't know, I would love to hear Mr. G. Gray's thought on yeah. this because he was a D lineman. So yeah. I, I feel like he would gonna, say Paya. Yeah. I think he's going to agree with me. So I feel um, like most people would agree with you too. Jermaine, you got to you gotta weigh in and let me know what you're thinking because I think that is no brainer. You always go with an O-line or D-line. That's my thought. Okay. Here for the Bs. Okay, Jake, this is, this is, it's, it's a comment for you and a question for me. <laughs> I hope he can remain humble how did young Jake hit the ground running so well? I don't know, but how about young Angie's ability to find these like rock stars? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. We've got Jake, we've got Carter, we've had Amy, Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you have hit the ground running, and I am so appreciative. You guys don't even know Thank behind you. the scenes. He's um already helping put up his own articles and he's given me ideas um it's like just taking off where carter left off and it's amazing and you guys seriously he knows the roster so well and that's such a blessing so stay humble stay humble (laughs) um and then this question was angie you've been close to the program for a while from a student to fundraiser to running the blitz business are you able to see reality without orange colored glasses most of us have on to give us insight to where this team is at and where they are destined to end up. Okay. I think I've kind of alluded to this, this season and these kind of seasons are tough because like I said, a lot of things have to fall in place for a program like Oregon state that maybe doesn't have a roster full of um, five-star talent deep. But what I can tell you, yes, I might only be 25 but I have 25 years around Oregon State football. Okay, kind of kidding. I'm, I'm not 25. <laughs> I've been around a long time. And so what I am seeing right now is, is probably the Beaver football team in the best space that I've seen it um, in a long time. 
as far as, and, and I say that based on culture, because I, I have not seen a team this cohesive and this together. Um, when I look at the, the roster moves and transfer, I mean, we're going to say it's sitting above where they need to be. I mean, they're going to have to cut some spots here and nobody's leaving. So yeah, that tells you a really ton. Um, there is very quiet confidence when you talk to people around the Valley Center. Um, there's a hunger that these guys have that they want to take it the next step. I think that 10 and that 10 win season last year was kind of just that taste and then beating Florida the way they did is, you know, why not us? Um, and it's, um, I'm excited and I have not, like I said, I've done beef for blitz now for 17 years. I was a fundraiser for six and this might be the most excited I've been. And to, to be completely honest, 2000 kind of was a surprise kind of sprung on everybody, but, yeah. um, Co the, it was the same, similar kind of quiet confidence that was kind of talked about. I'm excited. And I'm not saying it's an undefeated season, but I think this team is going to give Oregon State fans a lot to be excited about. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, personally for me, this is the most anticipated season of my lifetime. Um, obviously, you don't want any 2001s where you come out highly ranked and you just fall flat on your face. So uh, you just got to keep that. I, I, I just think it'll be really interesting, really interesting to see how this team attacks uh, their first couple games. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and not play down to the level of opponent yeah. and not that those opponents are bad, by any, but we've seen Oregon state teams in the past kind of mm -hmm. play down and, and struggle. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to, um, kind of cruise through a couple of these here. Stuart 10, 1039 said heard a couple of times on the radio and he's referring to 1080 Joe radio. Um, some rumblings over the past couple of weeks to the effect of don't be surprised if Aiden Childs end up ends up being the starter this year. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it this year. I would love to see it. I mean, I think he might be the most talented quarterback they've got, but I feel like it'll just be really hard for him to overcome a quarterback, a, a, a quarterback of DJ's caliber especially if it clicks for him. Yeah. Um, I Just, definitely I mean, think he will veteran see status. Yeah I, yeah. I think we see him. And if I think you're he'll a Beaver play fan, four games for sure. Yeah. And if you're, Beaver I'm hoping fan, he red shirts, you are so excited playing. for the future that he yeah. brings. Um, yeah. But I think what DJ brings as far as just game management, knowledge, experience mm -hmm. it is, it's going to be hard to, yeah. to beat out. I, I personally really think fans are going to want to stick around for the second half of that, uh, UC Davis game because I think they're they're probably going to get a long look at the future. It, yeah, it like I said, there's there's some fun. Like I said, and, and believe me, if Aiden Childs is the guy and, and gives the Beavers the best shot to win, then then let's see it. But I do think it'd be hard pressed to to beat out a guy like EJ or DJ DJ because of, he has so much experience, kind of experience and, and size. I mean, honestly, yeah, he's I, a big guy. He's a big dude. <laughs> um, okay. Last question. Oh, um, actually, I have a, I have one on our on here. Well, Uncle Filthy says everyone's sleeping on Gould because you've been picking Silas. But, I've been uh, picking on. Yeah, I've been picking Silas a lot. Um, Alex, I just Alex <laughs> Sasani asks, how can Oregon State beat Oregon this season? Run the ball. <laughs> Run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Um, I do think Oregon's defense and their offensive line will be weaker than last year. Uh, I think they lost all their offensive line starters. Um, so I think 
whereas in years past, Oregon State's defense hasn't been able to stop Oregon as much. I think this year they're going to have an easier time. I, it will be tough to go down to go down and beat them in Autzen. They haven't won there in 15 years now. Um, but I feel like if they run the ball, don't get nervous and just play football like they play football, I think this Oregon State team has a great chance to beat them. Okay. Totally. Matt Chiafoni has one for you. It's a good one for you. If they were to run for president, <laughs> which of these coaches would at least win the coveted Corvallis vote? Smith, Bray, Ruick, Canham, or Tinkle? Uh, I feel like you got to go with Smith. I mean, Scott Ruick's really done a lot. He's taken the the, the program to the Final Four. But Smith's kind of, he's kind of the golden boy of Oregon State Oregon State football. I mean, he yeah, but can took them Smith, to the Fiesta can Smith Bowl. politic? I can't see Smith out there shaking uh, hands. I guess and you have that babies. aspect of it. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I could see Ruick doing that. Yeah. I feel like Ruick's more of a presidential figure, where Smith's more of you go out there and get stuff done. Okay. So who's going to win the vote? Ruick? I just feel like Smith will think, just because of Smith, all he's, he's done. Or you think Smith is just the golden, golden boy? I feel like he's just the golden boy of Oregon State okay. football. Maybe Smith with Ruick as his VP. VP, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I like that. guys, <laughs> we have hit the hour mark, and I don't want to keep anybody any longer, but this was fun. We are going to be back in two weeks, and that's when we start our weekly feature. If you missed the beginning, we will be up on Spotify and all of your spots for podcasts, hopefully by next time, um, 24-7's guy that's kind of in charge of it is on paternity paternity leave right now. He sent me all the stuff to do it, but I don't have the access on the back end. So maybe we'll get this one up. I'm not positive, but I promise I'll have a new intro and I will have with Jake featuring Jake since <laughs> Carter's, you know, over on the main 24 seven site now. Um, and stick with Beaver Blitz. Cause Jake, we have a ton. Do you want to preview some of what you have coming in the, in the yeah. couple weeks ahead? Um, just off the top of my head, I've got um, uh, five breakout candidates in offense and defense coming tomorrow and Thursday. I've got position groups coming either Friday or this weekend. Uh, depends on how fast I'm able to get that done. And then uh, I've got position group deep dives where I kind of break down every position. Uh, and then opponent previews will start to roll out as soon as uh, – as soon as all the other beat writers get uh, respond to our text, um, we're about halfway done. So the, those will start to get rolling out here in the next week or two, probably. Lots of excitement. And Jake and I'll be back in two weeks to kind of just sit down and deep dive into the position groups and the personnel uh, before we kind of on the eve of, of uh, fall camp. And then stick with us because fall camp coverage ramps up crazy amounts of videos video breakdowns, practice reports, uh, features, special features on athletes. It's all going to be there. If you're not a member of Blitz, you definitely want to join now. Um, and I do expect a commitment in the next week, at least one. And Jake says he knows of three. So uh, time to get that membership to Blitz to get in the lodge. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode of the damn podcast. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.